Hi, folks. Just a quick note before we drop into the show. If you regularly listen to this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could take a moment to give the show a good rating wherever you listen to it. Share some favorite episodes with friends and encourage people you know to follow the show if they don't already. And if you don't feel like you can give the show a five-star rating, I want to know how I can do better. Reach out to me directly on Instagram. My profile link is in the show notes. And now, on with the show. Okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. Say again, please. Uh, Houston, we've had a problem. Hi, I'm Andrew Wallace, and welcome to the We've Got a Problem podcast, where each week we explore inspiring stories of struggle, success, and solutions to prevalent problems and how our guests have turned problems into opportunities. This week, I'm joined by Bill Priestley, creator of the Dream Job Blueprint, a program that helps young people and not-so-young people use and tailor their education to get their dream job. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So, before we started recording, you said that you'd had uh, some time in radio. Give me a little mm-hmm. background. How'd you get your start? How many dream jobs have you had? Oh, good grief. Uh, we're going to go back a long way here, aren't we? <laughs> um, so uh, long story short, um, college. Uh, I went to college to become a history teacher because that's the family business. All my, all my families are, are my, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister. They all went into teaching. And I was going to do history. And uh, no doubt, true story, first week of, of class, I accidentally went down and got lost in the student center, which is really, really hard to do at the school <laughs> I was at. It's kind of like a, a, a mouse getting lost in the paper bag. I wandered into what was the campus newspaper office, and 45 minutes later, I wandered out with a story assignment. Um, and that's launched me into sort of sports media. That was a sports story. And then, then a year later, I was, uh, the sports editor of the campus newspaper and the, uh, sports director of the campus, um, radio station came in and said, Hey, uh, I've got a game we're doing tonight. Do you want to come and do stats for us? And I'm like, sure. Just don't put me on the air because I'm scared of microphones and I'm scared of cameras. And he's like, all right, fine, no big deal. And um, we're, I went to a fairly small school, and we were playing uh, what would be considered a Power Five school um, in our own little 900-seat gym. Somehow we got them to come up and play, and we beat them. And Ooh. there was this one particular play. Now, we, we ran them out of the building. Uh, there was this one particular play where we had a three-point shooter who was one of the best three-point shooters in the country, and she got wide open uh, late in the game, and she hit a three that put us up 13 with like three minutes to go, and it's, all of a sudden everybody knew what was going to happen. And I realized at that moment that I wanted to be in radio um, because I was listening to my friend do the game, and I, I thought of two things. Number one, I could do what he was doing. Right. And number two, I think I could do it better than him. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, so that, that's, that was my start. And so I became the, uh, the sports director of the campus radio station that year. And that launched a 25 year career in, in radio and, and media production. Wow. Wow. I mean, Hey, it, serendipity in a way. So th- that, that kind of begs the question, right? You, you, in a sense, stumbled into a dream job. And and had one for for quite some time. Something that you well, let, let me give a little bit of context yeah. there because oh, so so like back when I was twelve years old, my dad, the teacher, mm-hmm. uh, the the college professor, let's put it that way, asked me the the uh, ubiquitous question: uh, What do you want to do with your life? And at the time, I said uh, I want to be a sports writer. And thinking that was going to be the end of the conversation, I was. <laughs> delusional there and my dad asks like a great sports writer a great follow-up question which is 
Well, how many sports writers do you read? None. <laughs> um, okay. Good point. Yeah. Touche. I'll go over here in the corner and, and sulk. Um, so, uh, but I still, I wanted to be actually a sports writer uh, at one point and, and still, and that's, that's kind of the reason that I walked out of the, the campus newspaper office with a story assignment. Sure. Um, but had my dad asked me that question and I had said sports caster instead of sports writer, uh, and he asked me that same question, well, how many sports casters do you follow? Keep in mind at this point, really only three networks. Right. Um, and, uh, but I could probably list off 20 or 25 sports casters. I could tell you what sports they were good at. I could tell you what sports they were bad at. Uh, I could tell you uh, what's, what sports caster was on what network. Um, and it was just something I intrinsically followed, but I never, ever wanted to be a part of it because, like I said, I'm scared of microphones right. and cameras. Obviously, right. I got over that. Right. Um, but, um, but that's kind of that's where the seeds were. And uh, that's that's kind of gives you the context of where I ended up uh, as far as that's concerned. So, I mean, it, there's a big question there that your father asked that I mean, I want to get into some other stuff as well. But I, I work in the film business as my day job. And a lot of people fall in love with the idea of being in the business for what they think it's like rather than than what it is. So. How many sports casters, sports writers do you read is a good question because you go, I, I, I like the idea of what I think a sports writer does of, of mm -hmm. being there uh, in this, writing it up, doing all these things, but, but without reading it and understanding what it really looks like and how it goes, right. you, you start to, to kind of fantasize about that, which I think, I hope that mm -hmm. since they're, they're still young, uh, young people do a lot more of fantasizing than than working on reality. And I'm wondering how that that kind of ties into the dream job blueprint. So tell me the okay. secret as if there's only one. Right. But tell me the secret to the dream job blueprint. What how can we find a better job, help kids find better jobs? What's what's the process? Fill me. in. OK. All right. Well, just to, to, to jump back just a little bit, I wanted to become a sports writer because, A, you got to go to the game. Yep. B, you got to go to the game for free. And C, you got to write about the game. And that was basically it. That right. was that was it. That was yeah. that was that was my romance. With sounds that. great. But yeah, sounds, sounds great. great. Sign me up. That is not that is not what it is cracked up to be. Right. Um, <laughs> so uh, so what's the secret? Well, um, if, if you were to ask the question, what's your passion? You know, that's that's the that's kind of this big thing, this big theme that a lot of people mm -hmm. are getting caught up with. You know, um, what if you ask the question, what do you want to do with your life? Uh, you know, that's kind of the next question. If they go, well, I'm not really sure about Well, what are you passionate about? Well, OK, let's that's some nebulous concept that really yeah. I don't think we get a, get a real hold of. Yep. So broken down into a nutshell, um, when you ask the question, what do you what is it what it is that you want to do with your life? The answer to that question has to be a verb. What do you want mm -hmm. to do? I want to write. I want to direct. I want to build. I want to, you know, th the answer has to be a verb. If I ask you what you want to be when you grow up, the answer to that question has to be a noun. So I want to be a writer. I want to be a builder. I want to be that kind of thing. Yep. So we get caught in this idea that when you're looking for a quote unquote passion, you're looking for one word or something or one term. And that's not the case at all. Uh, you're actually looking for three. The first is an interest, and an interest is always a noun. The second is an ability or a verb. And the third 
is an audience or a group of people that you want to work with or work for. Now, if you take this idea and say, for instance, uh, look at basically any kind of job can be summarized in that in that way. Um, it's a combination of an interest and an ability. For instance, math teacher, interest in math, ability to teach it. Football right. coach, interest in football, ability to coach it. Oncologist, interest in cancer, ability to fix, treat, or diagnose. That kind of thing. So what you can do is uh, compile a list of what you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Combine that with a list of what it is that you are. It has to be a combination of three things. Number one, you have to want to be able to do it, the verb. Right. You have to be able to do it. And you have to be able to do it for somebody else. Right. And th therefore, that you give value to someone else. Therefore, you get paid for it. That's the only definition there of a job. And so then you then take that to the third level, which is, okay, who do you want to work with? Let me go back to the math teacher idea. So are we talking elementary, middle school, high school, college, remedial, military, English as a second language? Who is that? Are we talking big city, small town, demographic? You know, who is that person that you want to serve? You'll find people that have, you know, certain ideas. Like I want to be a math teacher, but they say, you know what? I don't want to work in Philadelphia, but I'd rather work in the suburbs or I'd rather sure. work in the inner city. Um, and they have that idea that perhaps that person that they, that they really feel strongly about serving. And, and so with that, what you get is a, a, a map of a job essentially that stimulates you intellectually because you're, because you have a strong interest in it. Mm -hmm. You have a job that drives you physically because it's something you can do, that you want to do, that you can do for others. And you have something that fulfills you uh, emotionally or spiritually because you have purpose or place in serving someone else yeah. along those lines. So that's basically, in a nutshell, the dream. Yeah. I mean, the what when it comes down to it for me, we, and we have this conversation with a lot of my guests, it comes mm -hmm. down to understanding your values and actually getting to the core of what drives you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, as they go on in their careers, lose touch with those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if people necessarily ever had it. That's that. That's kind of the yeah. part of the question, right? Because if a lot of us were, did something that was aligned with our values, whatever those values are, whatever we is important, whatever we want to prioritize, and then did it we would be way further along than I think a lot of us are. And, and there, is a, there is a component, and I've talked about this with other guests, that when you are young and going into, even going into college or just coming out of college, so much of who you are, what you are, is, it comes from other people. And, mm -hmm. and, and what they've wanted for you and what they've told you to do and what, what they have told you is important or what you think they think might be important. And it, it's all this kind of second-handed stuff mm -hmm. that, that it's possible. I mean, certainly to avoid doing that little bit of soul searching to figure out what it is that you like, what it is you want to do and who you want to do it for and what you're good at and how you can do that. And even let's say, I'm not great at this, but I want to be better at it because I haven't had a lot of experience with it, but I love it. I love doing it. Time passes. Immediately, it flies out the window when I'm doing it, and I could just do it all day long. That's the thing that's really interesting, too, about that aspect of it is perhaps if you look at people that say you believe are masters at their work, right? they will often say, I am not a master. I'm still learning. Right. Yes. So yes. You, you, can, you can apply that to that level there, too. Yes. And, and of course, I, I don't expect any 
say, 18-year-old or or 22-year-old to be brilliant at anything yet. I, I, I would hope that they're still learning. I, and certainly we should all still be learning. But that you go, I have some facility for this. I have some, some ability that, that, that I'm developing and I'm quick with it. And it just, I get it and it, and it goes and I love it. And I, I can't stop talking about it. And that's a little bit, that, that's a little bit of, of what that, that little spark that you hope to capture, I guess, in, in passion. So yes, 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 yes. What would you say? I mean, along those lines, conversely, is the biggest hurdle what what's keeping people from from doing that kind of work? Is it just that they don't know it? Or are they is there some resistance to it? Some I don't know. I think the first thing is that we like I said before a little bit, I think that we tend to think of the answer to the question as being simple. Right. And and it's not. And it's kind of like answering that question, what is the meaning of life? You can come up with a simple answer and, and you can you can find that and people and people will you know that can generally be agreed upon. But I think that when people really sit down and think about it, they go, OK, that's a much bigger question than I thought it was. And right. the same thing comes, I think, in 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 this idea of, you know, what is it that that I really want to do? Um and you know, kind of to delve a little bit deeper into it, one of the things that we that I talk about in terms of you know uh, another question that people will get is, what are you interested in? Mm-hmm. And of course, that that points to one of the three things. But again, that's a question where it's kind of like, please pick the Wikipedia page of your choice uh, from like <laughs> the three point seven trillion Wikipedia pages there are. Like, all right, and now I've got to go through this labyrinth of whatever. Instead, let's rephrase the question. Let's say, instead of that, let's ask, what is it that you can talk about for hours on end and not get bored? Yep. And so now we've we've come back to not you looking at everything, but now you looking inward and going, what do I gravitate towards? Yep. What do I, what's what's my natural thing? What gets my attention? That's the definition of an interest. Give you a second question. What are you scared of? Oh. Because interests are not always things that are positive. You know, uh, say, for instance, is there a problem in the world that you'd like to solve, uh, a, you know, whether it's disease or poverty or anything like that? And and uh, we're not talking to when say, what are you scared of? We're not talking about spiders and snakes and all that stuff. We're talking about things that legitimately scare the heck out of you. Right. Um, and and so then. All right. What gets your attention? And then you start, uh, you know, that that was the thing about me and, and sports casting was that I intrinsically kind of, you know, followed these people and listened to them and listened to their mannerisms and and watched them as they worked um and that's kind of that was the building point i mean i didn't do it because i was scared of it because i was scared of microphones and cameras but i was still motivated to learn yeah and that's where i think you you we we get um you know, a little bit confused about, you know, it's kind of those things, but, you know, starting with what do you talk about for hours on end and not get bored? What are you scared of? Those are two basic building points. There are many others that you could come from, but those are the big ones. And, and when you start, that's, that's one part of that part of that concept. And, and like I said, when I, we talk about verbs, when we talk about abilities, you're talking about a verb that has to meet three criteria, not just, can you do it? But also, do you want to do it? Mm Mm-hmm. And then can you do it for somebody else? Yes. Yeah. And that's where you get the value out of it. So now all of a sudden we're building this idea that is it's it's not 
terribly complicated, but it is at least a little bit, it's, you can still grasp it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can put those things together. And this is, this is actually the thing that really caught me off guard because I went to graduate school 10 years ago or so, uh, and, uh, and, and kind of put this to test with some of my education professors when I, when I did my master's degree and they said that they really, really agreed with it and that it, it, it works and that you need to, to, to push on with this. And that's one of the reasons that I kept on, kept on going with it. But, uh, when it comes down to the idea of putting these things together, um, the thing that caught me off guard is that this works across the board, which was really mind blowing for me. So if you take any interest and any ability that follows those three criteria, you can formulate a job out of it, which is mm -hmm. nuts. And I used to speak at, 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 uh, at uh, that university that I got my master's degree at. And um, I would often ask, does anybody have an odd pairing, an odd pairing of an interest that maybe has nothing to do at all with the ability that you might have? And someone poked up and they said, well, I have an interest in bones, like skeletal bones. And I have an ability to sing. <laughs> Go for <Okay>. it. All right. <laughs> now, okay. Follow me here. Follow All right. me here. All right. So uh, I don't. I don't know how old you are, but I am of an age where I remember a character on PBS named Slim Goodbody, and Slim was a guy who was uh, dressed head to toe in a skin tight uh, outfit, which had the organs and uh, all the internal <laughs> organs put, painted on him. And he would sing about health. And so I suggested, why don't you start a children's television show pro program where you sing about health? And she looked at me like I was, you know, an idiot. Um, but does that meet the criteria of yes, forming a does. job? Yes, it does. Yes, does it, it does. mean that you want to have it? No, it does not. So. Right. So yeah, so I, I'm. I had another student. I was I was speaking at a high school. He says I have an interest in mythology, and I have an ability to cook. Okay. And I said, why don't you start a mythologically themed restaurant right. and make mythological food and do it along those lines? And his jaw hit the floor, and he was like, "That is so cool. It, that would be cool." So, and I would yeah. go to that restaurant. Who yeah. would not? That that, yeah. that would that that would be. I mean, five star Yelp review right here. They, right. Absolutely. Yeah. But when you get to that point, you get to that point where, okay, all right, we have a very odd pairing. That usually means you're going to have to do something that's never been done before. You're going to have to be entrepreneurial about it. You're going right. to have to stretch the bounds yeah. and, 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 and go where perhaps no one else has gone before um, right. in order to, to, to make that vision true, if indeed it is what you want to do. Right, right. Well, and I think there's a component there of using your head to come up with something different. The always mm -hmm. that 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 and that's kind of what we need to be doing anyway because there's right. very rarely going to be a box that you're going to fit in perfectly and you might have to kind of make your own so what? every every i tell every kid every job is not perfect right it's it won't it, it there will you will find aspects of it that you won't like yeah just don't just just Put that by the wayside. There is no perfect niche for you uh, in terms of, yes, you may be able to, be able to find something that's maybe 60%, 70%, 80% that you love and 20% that you would absolutely not care for. Um, you're lucky if you can get that. But that's yeah. that's that's uh, that's more than adequate uh, to fill yeah. my cup anyway. Yeah. I mean, you're trying to prior, you're, you're trying to maximize, I suppose, or, or um, optimize. You're not going to get perfect. Perfect is, is, is an illusion. Yes. But if you can get, hey- I can I can get twenty percent better. Great, 
Let's figure it out. I can, ooh, I found a way I can move into something that would that would give me just that little bit of extra stuff that I'm fascinated about a little more often. Cool. Let's mm-hmm. let's get there. That's we're we're just trying to do the best that we can, which I think there's probably a emphasis on perfection that, that an overemphasis or or focus on trying to just find that perfect thing and if I don't get that one thing then everything is all is lost and and right. I should just give up. I struggle with remembering what it was like long ago in ancient times to to think about trying a plan, right? Kind of putting a blueprint together and thinking that was going to be the thing. And and perhaps over-researching and stressing over, is that going to be right? And thinking through it and what I love and what I want to do and all these things. And a couple years down the line go, whoops, don't, <laughs> don't really, don't really have the stomach for that. Don't think I'm, I'm right for it. Uh, it was that was a little bit of a, of a of a hard time for me, and of course now I'm out of school, right? So I got into finance. I enjoyed aspects of finance. I like numbers. I like helping people. I was working for a wealth management company. It kind of met some of those standards, but it turned out that the day to day was not doing those things, and I looked at very successful people who I really enjoyed working with, who we're not getting kind of increases in quality of life and other things that were also important to me at the time in the place that, that, that I was in. And I could look a few levels up and go, I don't think this is it. I don't, I, I think I kind of mischose here. What do you tell somebody who's kind of did just go back to the drawing board? What's the, what do you do in that case? Not not exactly. Well, obviously, it's going to depend on person to person. But let's sure. say, for instance, if you if you form a triangle, and the base of that triangle is your interest and the ability, and the top of that triangle is your your person that you want to work with, your 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 dream client, if you will. Um, let's look at that triangle and say, all right, what are we really dissatisfied with here? Mm-hmm. Are we dissatisfied with the interest? The industry that we're working in? Are we dissatisfied with the work that we're doing? Are we dissatisfied with the people that we're working with or working for? Let's if 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 we're close, then let's change one of those things and not all three. <laughs> Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, yeah. huh? No, and somebody said, All right, you know what? I need a new job. No, that's not necessarily. <laughs> all right. <laughs> because then you start completely over from scratch, and then all of a sudden you those three things are filled by three completely different things and right. you lose control of those. Things. And of course there's always the grass is greener on the other side. You know, you've can, you, you, you get lured into, Oh, they're doing so well. I should go over there and do that. Or, Oh, I should, you know, um, because, because like you said, quality of life, maybe uh, escalating in this one area of, of finance, but not, maybe not in this other yep. area. And I should be over there. Um, that's, that's obviously, you know, a big problem. But what I would do is if you're, a person that is thinking about a different, taking a different role or a different career, take a look at those three things mm-hmm. and assign a value to all three. In other words, a scale of one to 10. All right, here's, I'm a four here, I'm a seven here, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a six here and decide, all right, if that doesn't, if, number one, if that adds up to a number over 24, you're in a really good place. Yeah. If that number does not add up to something more than 10, we need to consider a massive career change, right? Uh, that kind of thing. Um, but look at that and evaluate it from that perspective, and that'll give you a much more, much better chance of analyzing where are you really dissatisfied, uh-huh. and then go from there. 
in terms of making that career change. If it is a career change or if it's maybe just moving to a different part of your current workplace, um, it may be that. I think think a lot of people are stuck in that situation where they're in – an industry in which they want to work and they are not doing what they want. And they go and to say, they don't think about going and talking to HR and saying, you know what? I really feel like I could be very good over here. If I could get maybe an hour or two show my, Mm -hmm. show my value in this area and perhaps maybe be of a better, a better benefit to the company that way. And instead we just go, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to drop this entire thing and go someplace else. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, Hey, I, I, I don't in a sense blame people for taking that route because there is a point that you can get to and go, you know what? Don't care. Done. Yeah. Done. Over it. This is not the place. Don't want to be get, like clean break. Grass is always greener. Fine. But really, if it, it, right now when it's easier, quote unquote, to get a job, even though it's getting harder at the moment, but it's easier than it's been in quite some time to get a job compared to many years ago. I managed to graduate college in a difficult job market that got even more difficult when I left my job after two and a half years and the stock market had crashed and and all was all was lost. So when it's when it's easy to find a job, you you get that thinking of, well, I can just find another one and, and get a different one. When it's not, you kind of feel a little stuck where you are. And the way to feel unstuck is to change your roles and responsibilities within the same company, because believe me, that company is much more willing to help you out than they want to have to find another employee because of the cost of finding another employee and all those kinds of things. You're a proven quantity. They, they know your, the quality of your work. You're, 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 a, you're a success. You're a superstar. Great. Wonderful. And when you say, hey, I, I might want to move into a different area. I, I don't know, especially in, in this world, what company doesn't go, cool, let's talk about it. Let's have mm-hmm. that conversation. And having seeing it as a partnership uh, rather than an employee-employer kind of thing is, is probably best. And, and I don't... I don't mean to say we ought to be calling everybody by their first names and and know the names of all their children and just turn it into some kibbutz, but the the idea of helping out each other solving problems. I mean, that's the that's the ultimate question is what problem do you solve? What how can you how can you help somebody out? What is it that you uh, uniquely are qualified and, and able to do perhaps better than or as well as a lot of other people that that's really cool that you like doing and, and all those things. I, 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 I wonder why it seems like everybody's dissatisfied. I mean, we talk about the grass is always greener phenomenon. There seems like when you when you survey employees, lots of people lack satisfaction. And I wonder if it's not and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth like 60 minutes does, but is it is is there a little bit of a of of a of a concept of people not not ever not 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 trying to shirk responsibility but just not doing that that soul searching look at your values think about how to how to get where you want to get to uh and, and just kind of going with the flow that that that's doing it or is it something else uh let me start that answer uh <laughs> with uh a study that I saw that the uh, uh, I think it was the Labor Department came out with about ten years ago, and that said that um, for college graduates, 
college graduates can expect to have 15 jobs over the course of their lifetime. Yes. Um, and so, uh, I, that was, I, I am, I am right on that mark right now. <laughs> I am, uh, I am right on that pace, uh, in which, which, which is, uh, you know, very sobering at, at the same time. Um, but I think that when, I think there's a lot of, um, uh, keeping up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we saw that and we're continuing to see that with the great resignation, um, in terms of. You know what? I can I can do better. I can do better. And moving on to some other company, sure. but because they all of a sudden the minimum wage went pew, and then you know, or not the minimum wage, but the minimum hiring wage, I should say. Right. When you see fifteen dollars go up for you know a job that uh, two and a half years ago was you know eight bucks right. uh, an hour, um, that kind of thing. So um, I think there's definitely that that itch to try and be in the best place possible. I mean, we as humans are. are mostly uh, geared towards making things better. I mean, that's mm-hmm. always our decision making is always around going from a space of scarcity to a space of abundance. Uh, and that's kind of where we we put ourselves. And if we can only take a step back, which is not something where we are aligned to do necessarily, but if we can take a step back and look at ourselves and say, all right, what is it that I really, truly, honestly want? Which means we're going to have to do some self-introspection. Yeah. And that's the hard part, I think, for a lot of people is that I really, that I, um, you know, the first thought that people may come, you know, people our age may come to, of, of that is like, oh, I've got to go to therapy. Uh, no, you don't have to go to therapy. But let's at least talk about you in terms of, you know, what is it that you really want? That's the mm-hmm. question. And that's the question, unfortunately, this is the dangerous part of this business for me, is that when you ask the question of a teenager or a college student, what do you want to do with your life? That is a guided question, a very guided question, because from a parental, from a parental perspective, what it means is what are you going to do to be, uh, to contribute to society? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do to be a responsible adult? And they yep. don't want to ask the real question that the kid wants to answer, which is what do you want? And that means all bets are off. Right. That means anything is possible. Yeah. So, so when you when you can phrase it in that way, then all of a sudden perspectives change. And if you ask, this is why I say it's dangerous because you start asking teenagers, "What do you want?" I start lighting up, and things happen, and you can see uh, gears mm-hmm. turning. And all of a sudden, you know, it's a different ball game out there. But that's the kind of thing that you really have to do if you want. You know, if you're if you're mid career, or even if you're late career, or even if you're uh, retiring. What am I going to do with my life? Right. And what Let's do I want? There. Right. That's, 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 that's the, uh, there, there are two uh, points in our lives where we have a required firing. One is when we leave school and the other is when we retire. You have to answer that question at least twice. Uh, one of the reasons that I did this, again, I come from a family of teachers. The idea for this actually started while I was teaching. I, I did get a job. I was a high school history teacher, 10th grade world history. I got uh, permission to change the, the spring research project to what I call the passion paper. And the deal was uh, you could write a, a up to 10 page paper on any subject that you wanted to. Uh, this, the paper had to have three sections. Number one, it had to be the, the history of it. Number two, where it is now. Number three, where is it going? And that thing went over huge. The, 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 the passion paper was a, an idea based around getting kids interested in academics. Yeah. So 
here's how here's how history can can be applied when you really are interested in what you're talking about and that kind of thing and so when dream job factory was built um and i'm working on a curriculum now uh where uh, say for instance someone could take the course and they find okay i've got this dream job now that you've got a dream job idea let's go back and see what you actually need to study in order to make this possible yes so let's so let's go through your math because every human endeavor is connected to six disciplines math science language philosophy uh art and history so then you can go through and, and, and say, for instance, let me just find a random. Well, okay, smartphone. Okay. Um, so if I just look at this, you can say, okay, can you see the – well, first off, what is it? Right. It's a smartphone. All right. So right. That's, your, that's your English. That's your language. Can you see the math? Can you see the science? Can right. you see the philosophy? Can you see the, the history? Can you see the art? Now you get to see what academically you want to – you need to, to do to, to achieve whatever it is that you want. Yeah. I mean, so we're we're coming to the end here a little bit, and it, this has been fascinating and really encouraging to me, and I hope to my listeners. But I try to ask a couple of questions of everybody, and the first of which is, what do you feel like the, the biggest fallacy is that everybody buys into that's just total hogwash? Working for money. I have seen countless people get into jobs and do phenomenally well and not have to worry about, and they don't have to worry about the money because they don't want to worry about the money. And they've been good enough at that particular job to sustain themselves financially as far as that's concerned. As soon as you take a job for the paycheck, you are in trouble. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that's that's something that, I mean, granted, yes, that is the gateway to better quality of life. That is the gateway to these other things. Oh, no. Um, uh, who was it? Uh, Daniel Pink uh, mm-hmm. said it in book Drive, uh, there are three different types of motivation. One is primal, you know, what, basically eating, sleeping, reproducing. One is carrot versus stick, extrinsic motivation. The third is intrinsic motivation. What do you want to do or what, do you, what, do you, uh, what would you do if there were no reward involved? Right. And when we get past carrot versus stick and we get into intrinsic, that's where the rewards are. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to taking a job for the paycheck, for the perks, for the title, um, for the chance, for the for the one moment that you really want, uh, you'll find that those things are fleeting. Whereas coming to work and doing something every day that you find joy in, that you find challenge in, that you find uh, intellectually interesting, um, that's and especially uh, you know long term goals. You, people in those situations don't think about the money. Yeah. yeah, and they just go out and they do it. So conversely, okay, what is underrated? What, what, uh, what do we need more of? Boy, this is the first thing that comes in, comes into my head, and it's such a massive, big thing that I don't think even I even, I even want to say this. But but I think that if we were just a little bit more vulnerable mm-hmm. and talk about things on a little bit more of a personal level, everybody's got problems. And I think that uh, when you look at social media, you know, you look at Facebook, everybody's most everybody is is screaming, hey, I got a perfect life. Right. Uh, um, But if we were just a little bit more vulnerable, I think that would do wonders for um, for the psyche of people that just say, hey, you know what? Not only is this person being vulnerable, but they have a problem I can solve. Yeah. You know that and you get into that that kind of thing. That is something I think would be earth shattering uh, if we could take that kind of step that would be amazing 
absolutely amazing because we'd be bringing yeah. our more authentic selves everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. And, and hey, you don't know what problems you might be able to solve if somebody doesn't tell you that they've got them. Right. Right. I mean, I, 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 I can't help you if I did. I didn't know. And now, hey, you know what? I've got the, this happened to me the other day and it just, not even a problem problem, but I want to install crown molding in my new set, which you can't even see on camera. Doesn't matter. Nobody can see it but me, right? But I wanted to do it. And so I went out and and found what I wanted to do and went through a whole big process only to find out that my uh, stepfather has a contact in the crown molding business that I didn't even know because I never mentioned it to him. I just went out and did it. You go, well, that would have saved me hundreds of dollars if I'd known that this existed and a lot of headache and frustration. And I didn't even, I didn't even mention it. Can you imagine what that would be like with a serious problem? I mean, to, 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 to be more open and authentic. Bill, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been fantastic. Folks, if you want to learn more about Bill, you can find him on his website at dreamjobfactory.com as well as on TikTok and Facebook. Links are in the show notes as always. And until next time, we don't have a problem. We've got an opportunity.